This is an ABC podcast. Can you be more Pacific? On ABC Radio Australia. Miss Sambalavinaka, and welcome to another week of Can You Be More Pacific? My name is Sarah Nangama, and as always, I'm joined by my media bestie, Dean Hallatow. Fakalofalahiatu, everyone, and welcome to the show. It's great to be here again. Firstly, I just want to say, says, happy birthday. Oh, thank you, my brother. It was your birthday this week, and uh, yes, what, what, I shouldn't ask, you never ask a woman's birthday. Age no, I'm, age. Uh, it's all right. I'm aging like fine wine, so yeah. uh, it's so fine. I'm 27. Uh, it's because you're so young, we can ask it. 27, happy birthday. Thanks, man. Thank you. How's your week been? It's uh, it's been a big week. Uh, lots happening. A lot of events. Kind of made a cringe error at an event that I hosted last Friday, <laughs> and I had to circle back publicly. It was a lot. Do you want to share it? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I hosted the New South Wales Waratahs End of Season Awards. Fantastic. Is my club also? And um, you know, you you always have your sponsor reads, your sponsor acknowledgements at the very beginning. And for one sponsor in particular, I could just not nail the second part of it. So it's like, Lord, how? But I kept saying, Lord, ho. And um, when I went in for an audio an audio check early in the day, the, the organizer's like, no, this is how you say it. I'm like, yeah, that's fine. I got this. I've marked it on my, on my script. Anyways, push comes to shove. I'm up there, you know, thinking I'm absolutely nailing this. And then I get a text message being like, hey, just like a, a gentle reminder, like you've said it a couple of times, but this is how you actually say it. <laughs> And so I felt really bad because, again, like this is, these are sponsors yeah, who yeah. legitimately back us and put money behind us. So then when it was <laughs> time to get back on the stage after a break, I was like, oh, and no, I just uh, want to circle back. I've, uh, you know, I'm just human and I made an error and like, you know, did this whole thing of, you know, acknowledging them and thanking them again. And for the rest of the night, everyone was like, oh, Sarah, how do you say the sponsor's name? <laughs> I'm like, oh, stuffy is. So, um, yeah, that was a bit of a moment. Before you, we tell our listeners what's coming up the next hour, what has been happening in your world, Hollis? Oh, my world's been oh, – by the way, I had a friend that was at that event and said you killed it. So I, oh, got, really? I got a text message from um, – oh, you, you know um, Sharon Vlahive, Dr. Sharon. Oh, hey, Sharon. she's the best. She um, she sent me a message and said, I'm at an event and Sarah's hosted it and she's unreal. So um, <laughs> some some positive feedback. She, that went that. over her head with the sponsor. Um, look, it's been a um, – an interesting week in my world because I work at the NRL and uh, there's been a lot going on this yeah, week. There's been a lot of headlines and um, it's probably the f- the most full on 24 hours I've experienced in my role that I'm now in. And um, yeah, it was interesting. I, I didn't mind it, but like it's good to get like I'm not like it's not drama. It's like it's real life stuff. But um, it was it was good to sort of have that challenge and sort of see people work through it. And um, I, I yeah, I thought everyone that was involved did a good job. So I was happy to be around it. Um, but, um, yeah, that, that's probably consumed my week, uh, for this, for this week, at least anyway. Yeah. It looks like there's a bit going on over there at the NRL. Coming up in the next hour, we take a look back at the weekend in sport. We have an interview with Matt Elliott and a question for our favorite segment. You can ask that, but our top story this week certainly is some good news. Yeah, it's great news. The uh, the Peters sisters, wh- who have been contributing to rugby league for a long time, um, those sisters being Hilda Rona and Kahurangi. So 2022, the Peters sisters competition uh, will be played in their honour and in their name, which is, I think, huge acknowledgement to the contribution they've made to rugby league. Yeah, it's incredible. And um, I have a few friends that have had competitions or trophies named after them, and I tell you what, it's really, really special. On that note and on the note of women taking up space, 
Oceania Rugby have uh, released some news that the Australian government, so Pacific Oz Sports, they have announced that they will be supporting rugby union competitions in Tonga, Samoa, Solomon Islands and Fiji. And what this contribution is, is that they're going to put some money behind pathways to make sure that girls are learning this game, developing to be able to contribute to the national teams, but also that they're going to create roles within administration and leadership for women to take up specifically. So this is a huge, huge step in the right direction because those nations do need the game to be developed and more importantly for the women specifically. Yeah, I think this is this is awesome work from uh, the Australian government to partner up and to provide these opportunities. And as you say, not just in the playing pathways, but also administration um, and in coaching ranks to, to be able to put resources towards that development, I think is going to be um, really great for, as you said, developing rugby for women in the region. And um, I look forward to seeing how things progress over there. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. And, you know, thinking about Fiji, they've absolutely dominated on the world stage. They've dominated here in Australia. I'm like, do you guys really need the money? <laughs> nah, they do need the money. Maybe maybe they need to like do like uh, some exchange with Fijian um, coaches Come and spending some time with now the that's a thought. Over here. Like, they're that. having so much success, and obviously their competitions are so strong domestically. Like we need to start picking their brains. I love that. Yeah, there we go. Write that down. Okay, noted. Dated. <laughs> <laughs> Credit the man. It's all good news coming out of the Pacific. Congratulations to Tonga who have qualified for Nepal World Cup 2023. And also Fiji. So it's great work from both those nations to be able to um, progress through to the Nepal World Cup and no doubt um, they'll have some success over there and we'll be watching closely. And in the world of athletics, congratulations to someone, Alex Rose, who made history as the first Pacific Islands athlete since 1999 to make the final at the World Athletics Championships in Oregon this year. Yeah, well done to Alex. He ended up finishing eighth in that final, and I've seen some pictures of him. He is a beast, and I know like those arms though. Yeah, they look like yours. Uh, (laughs) 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 He's a big. He was a big winner. So well, that's a it's a huge achievement. Well done, Alex. Really looking forward to seeing him compete at the Commonwealth Games, which is due to kick off tonight. Looking forward to watching that now. Rugby uh, Tonga forty four defeated Hong Kong twenty two, which qualifies them for the World Cup in 2023. This is a huge result for Tonga and this win um, allows them to join Pool B alongside Ireland, Scotland, South Africa and Romania. Tough pool, but that result is heartening. It is very heartening and uh, we spoke with their coach, uh, what, three or four weeks ago now. Um, So looking forward to seeing how, how things go for them in that World Cup. Turning our attention to the QRL, there has been a comeback that we weren't expecting, but my goodness, it's good to see. Yeah, the PNG Hunters, uh, another win for them, 32-24. to 24, They beat the Brisbane Tigers, and the Brisbane Tigers are a fair side, so it's an impressive um, victory, as you said, come from behind. They scored plenty of tries in the second half, four in fact, um, and it was yeah just a strong performance to come from behind, as I said, against the Brisbane Tigers, who are often stacked with, with talent. Um, they're a feeder club for the storm. So um, it's good to see that um, PNG can uh, get a couple of wins and start pushing back up the ladder, which we've spoken about before that they need to make a bit of a charge if they want to be competing in the finals. Yes. And what's really cool is that next month they will actually head back to PNG to play the last three rounds of the competition. So, or I guess of the, of the regular round. So that'll be an emotional um, return home, I could say, because those players would have been missing their families. So, so great to be able to see the game take it back there and, and put on a spectacle of rugby league. Yeah, they'll get a, a massive, um, some massive support when they get back there, no doubt. Now, wheelchair state of origin um, took place last weekend. 
It's the second win in a row. They they replayed the 2021. Uh, well, sorry, they didn't replay. They played the 2021 Origin match at the start of this year, obviously delayed due to COVID. Um, so, yeah, disappointing for New South Wales, but um, the Maroons just keep trucking along. Yeah, I feel like it's just a bit too much to be able to talk about the Maroons right now. They've, <laughs> they've, just they've done it again. They've done it again. It sounded like a, uh, uh, another brutal, brutal match. match. Yeah, it always is. Some HIAs and some injuries. And um, yeah, they, they've played like in the true spirit of an origin uh, match. So well done to the Maroons. Now the NRL moved into round 19 on the weekend and this was um, shaping up to be the match of the round. The Panthers up against the Sharks. Uh, the Panthers got the win 20 to 10. That was another come, by, come from behind victory. Uh, the Panthers too strong and, and showing what class they have. Uh, tries to Isaac Tango and also Jerome Lloyd scored the match winner. Four metres out. Sharks holding on as they must to have a chance here. It's played to Karoyasau. Short side left away to Luai. Luai, left foot step, takes on the defensive line. He's over and he scores. Jerome Luai wins it for Penrith. Yeah, so Jerome Luai, uh, obviously one of their key players, and he scored that that try to go ahead and, and seal the match for them. Unfortunately, he's um, been injured. He's got an injury, picked up an injury, so he's going to be out for some time. I don't know on the length yet, but um, that's a hit for the for the Panthers, no doubt. Hopefully he bounces back before our finals. So if Jerome is out, who would fill in for him? Because he's such an instrumental part of that team. He is. Uh, Kurt Falls uh, managed to get some experience in the halves for them this year. Mm. He was like, it was a really nice story, actually. He de- he's debuted late in his career. When he got handed his jersey, his family and his partner were there. And it was quite emotional. Like a lot of the players. I've got in the, the woman fuzzies. Yeah, it was like really emotional. So hopefully, you know, he gets another opportunity and um, he's, he's proved that he can handle it. So that's my tip. Um, also, that happened in the match. Uh, Dal Fanukan come up with a monster hit on Stephen Crichton in the this dying so stages, bad. trying to you know get one back for his team. Um, he got it a little bit wrong, uh, went in, and he was charged by the match review committee with dangerous contact. It went to the judiciary. He fought it. He wanted to fight it, and um, he pled not guilty. Unfortunately, uh, the judiciary found him guilty. He sought a downgrade. So. Um, Yes, he got charged guilty, found, sorry, found guilty by the judiciary, but he was able to seek a downgrade from a grade three to a grade two, which he got, um, which resulted in a two-match ban. So, um, yeah, Dale's not a dirty player. I know Dale personally, and he is. He got it wrong. It was a, it was an accident in terms of the, the result, but um, nevertheless, it was dangerous, and it, and it did damage um, Stephen Crichton quite a bit. I'm not sure if you've seen the, the photo of I his did ear. see it. It's full on. It is full on. I thought they might have censored it, but it's done the rounds already. <laughs> no, it's it's just a raw image. And yes, he did have plastic surgery on his left ear earlier this week. So we do want to wish him a speedy recovery. Yes, we certainly do. Now, South took on the storm, which was going to be another big match. And the Rabbitohs, they... Um, too yeah. good. What the hell is happening to the Storm? Well, I'm not too sure. So it was four losses in a row for the Storm, which hasn't happened in a lot forever, and four wins in a row for the Rabbitohs. So They're on a diff- bit of a trot. Yeah, they are. Different fortunes at the moment for both teams. Um, Rabbitohs are just playing some really good footy. Uh, Keon Kaloa Matangi scored uh, a try. He was superb on the night. Um, Alex Johnston, of course, scored a couple of tries, and one of them went <sighs> this way. Cook links up with Walker. Now Latrell will grub it through. Played up by Hughes. Six again. Gets the ball back out for Alex Johnston, who scores in the corner. He's got a double, Johnston. He's got to be the most popular man in South Sydney right now. Yeah, and he just goes about his business like, like no Calm, cool and collected. No ego. He's just yeah. happy. He's, he's he's like a really nice guy, and um, yeah, he's just streaking away with tries at the moment. So well done, AJ. Storming a bit of bother at the moment. I think. Um, 
they haven't felt or been in this position for such a long time that it'd feel very, fairly foreign to them. Yeah, uncomfortable. But um, they're a, a really good cultured team. And I think um, Craig Bellamy will turn things around. It's going to be tough for the rest of the year, but uh, I, I think they're still going to be able to um, play some good footy and challenge. Finish in the top eight? Oh, yeah, they'll finish in the top eight for mine. It's just about getting their team clicking before then so that they can compete in the finals. So watch your space for the storm. Now, the last match of the round that we want to touch on was the last match of the round. And the most controversial. Most controversial. The Cowboys defeated the Tigers 27 to 26. Now, this was um, making news for a good two days post-match. There's been other things that happened in the game that have maybe taken a bit of the attention away, but um, there was a penalty awarded after the siren, which led to Val Holmes kicking a penalty goal to win the match. Holmes' kickoff is pretty deep. Caught by Laurie, somewhat fittingly, one of the Tigers' best today. He's tackled. Watch out, watch out. Let's tune in to referee Butler. We have a challenge. The Cowboys are challenging for a possible escort. The challenge will be successful. That's not the game I grew up with. They're going to give this as a penalty. To steal it. In controversial circumstances at home, the Cowboys throw their faith behind the right boot of Val Holmes, who's eyeing the uprights at the southern end. 10 in from touch, 25 out, approaches, He's strikes. Got it. He's got it. Steals it. <laughs> Absolute larceny in Townsville. Yeah, so quite a bit of emotion there from Quinton Hole, our ABC caller. And <laughs> it's all heart. It was all heart. And it was a, a, a big moment in the match. Obviously, the Tigers had, had scored a late try um, through Stafford Toa, and it was a go-ahead try. Um, Adam Dewey missed, missed the conversion, but the clock stopped at 79-59. So there was one second left in the game. They got the kickoff away, and um, Asu Kapoa ran uh, an obstruction or was deemed to run an obstruction for Kyle Felt. He was chasing through to catch a short kickoff. Um, challenge was made by – a captain's challenge was issued by the uh, Cowboys and then the, the bunker called a penalty, which wow. Valentine Holmes stepped up and slotted like – I thought it was a tough kick, but he, there was no doubt when he lined it up, he was that confident and just nailed it. So big moment. The, the NRL has come out and admitted that they don't – well – Graham Asley said, he, in his opinion, it was a tough penalty. He doesn't think it should have been a penalty. Um, I, I kind of, as a Tigers person, I accepted the penalty. I thought that he knew where he was going and he, and he cut him off. And it, and it could Did have it been, look intentional? It, well, it didn't look intentional. It was kind of a really great one. So I accept that referees make decisions like subjectively as well. That they, they make their own call. And I kind of would sit there and go, hey, okay, if he's ruled it that way, I'm not going to be too burnt by it. I think that's... Fair enough. And a lot of people I've spoken to have said the same. But then Graham, you know, obviously he's, in his opinion, it wasn't a penalty. So mm. split, divided, whatever the result is, the Tigers lost. And that's all she wrote. Don't forget, you can hear every game live on Radio Australia. Talanoa time on Can You Be More Pacific? Yes, joining us uh, for Talanoa time, we're very lucky to have Matthew Elliott. He's a former NRL player. He's a former NRL coach. He coached at, we played at the Dragons. He coached at uh, the Warriors, the Raiders, the Panthers, and he's circled back to the Dragons as a coach now. Recently, he's actually become a author, which is awesome. He's a man with lots of wisdom and someone that I've uh, enjoyed chatting to over the last five years on ABC Grandstand. Matty, thanks for joining us on Can You Be More Pacific? Oh, shop, it's an absolute pleasure. I thought you were going to leave out the 
you know, the co-commentator stuff with yourself, I've, which is a highlight of my career. Mate. <laughs> <laughs> we, we have had some fun and, and had some good conversations uh, in the commentary and uh, at games and watching lots of rugby league. But I, I want to go straight to uh, what you've done recently as, as an author. Can you tell us about um, how this came about and, and a little bit about um, the book that you've, you've written called uh, The Change Room, Play the Game of Your Life? Yeah, thanks for asking me about that, Dan. Mate, look, I guess I've been writing this book for a long time. I think I started first started it in 2009 when I wanted to write a book, and I had a couple of cracks at it. I've got to admit, the first couple weren't great, mate. So uh, I wanted to make it useful. And as you know, you've been exposed to some pretty cutting-edge approach with what people call cutting-edge approach in the high-performance area and then I got to meet some pretty extraordinary scientists and people that they thought were a little bit out there, guys like um, Deepak Chopra and, and Bruce Lipton. They really caught my curiosity. But a lot of the stuff that we did as athletes and a lot of stuff that they did wasn't really accessible to most of the community. So I just wanted to come up with an easy way of, you know, explaining what we're all, you're already thinking, you're already feeling, you're already breathing, you're already sleeping. I just wanted to come up with an easy way of explaining how you can do it just a touch better. Well, I guess the you mentioned about what you get exposed to as an athlete and sort of, I used to think about um, like some of this stuff is like sort of outside the box thinking. Um, it, it, do you find that in rugby league, when, when you were playing or when you were coaching, that the outside-the-box thinking was probably ahead of where uh, the rest of the, the general community was? Well, you kind of need to be if you're going to be elite, right? So they're all, you're always looking for a better way of doing things, which that curiosity is, you know, it's a human trait that we've forgotten about a little bit, but it's so handy. You know, it allows us to learn things. And what what's happened now with a lot of the areas, and we use science to validate stuff these days, don't we, um, is that we've done the complete loop. We've, we've, we've kind of learned that what all our predecessors did, and our past cultures did, was exactly what we need to do these days to stay healthy. So, um, yeah, so all the cutting-edge stuff isn't really that cutting-edge. We're sort of reverting back to what, you know, what we used to do a 1,000 years ago. But writing a book would be such a huge task. Like I wouldn't even know where you start, where you'd begin, who or, you know, what kind of team did you have around you to, to publish your, your book, which has gone on to be a bestseller? <laughs> Spell check was probably my best. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I could spell all the swear words right now. <laughs> we have something in common then. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, you know what? I, I've got a friend called Leon Maxson. He's shuddering me saying his name out loud. And he's the owner of Hay House Australia, which is a publishing company. And we've been close friends for a long time. And he's, you know, I self published, I didn't publish through his, his company. And he was just a massive support. You know, I, what I've learned in life is, is that. We don't know everything, even though I used to walk around saying I know all the time. We don't know everything. And you know, having mentors like, like Leon and then other people, a guy called Arthur Stanley and um, a, a lady called Sam Pease, were just such you know, such strong support. So I, I guess that's probably what I should mention in my next book is, is that reach out and 
and get that support that you talked about, Jer, about people who know about this stuff better than I did. And I kind of felt like they wrote the book called me. I mean, it, it speaks volumes there that to do anything, you do need a strong support system. And writing a book certainly does. Have to ask, what part of the book did you have the hardest time writing? And conversely, what was the easiest or most fun part to write? Yeah, that's a great question. Look, I guess in 2007, I met that guy called Deepak Chopper. And, and in 2009, I started to get my footy team to meditate, which at that time was way out there. You know, everyone thought I was a weird dude. Um, <laughs> now it's... Well, it's true. <laughs> now it's, 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 a, it's a flex. People are like, I'm so in touch with my inner self. Yes. Well, every footy team does it now because what the, again, we use that thing called science. So every, because it, you know, improves, decreases stress, improves accuracy. It does a whole lot of positive stuff for us. So, but actually writing about it again, I found really awkward because it, at, at that time, it put me up against because I was in, I was getting someone paying someone to come in to do it with the playing group and obviously the organisation I was working with at the time weren't really on board of paying someone to you know to do this weird stuff. So I, I even still find some awkwardness about that because ultimately it put me in conflict with other people. But so that was probably the most difficult part to write about. Again, I think the most fun part is is about making people understand that we're not experts in ourselves anymore. You know, we're, we're so, we, we know about what we do for work and we know about the places we go and the people that we work with. But our expertise in ourselves has become so poor because we're so easily distracted by phones and listening to radio and watching TV and, and then obviously immersing ourselves in, in areas that we want to build competency in, but we've lost expertise in ourselves. Now you now you this show is amazing, and have a think about your cultural background and how smart our ancestors were about understanding themselves. So all that, as I say, all the new science now is just validating what people were doing hundreds of thousands of years ago. So I, I find that the most fun and the most, the most you know, uplifting part of it because we we actually have access to it already. Because we hang out with ourselves all day. We just don't pay attention to ourselves at all. Matty, you mentioned about being uplifting and uh, understanding yourself more. And you've written this book, to, I guess, to get to the masses and get some of the, the messaging out that you've uh, been delivering as a part of your um, your business, The Change Room, where you, you change people's lives, essentially. And can you tell us a bit about, about that, about getting out in front of people and delivering face-to-face workshops and um, seeing people go through those changes and those understandings themselves? I, I thought it would work, Dean, when I first started doing it. Now I know it works. We've had you know, about 5,000 people come through the program. And look, when you use people like Anthony Minicello, a guy called Nam Baldwin, um, Nam works with the New South Wales Blues. I won't go into that now, but as a Queensland, I'm quite happy at the moment. But he's worked with Nick Tanning and you know, a whole lot of uh, Jess Fox, the gold medalist. Um, I use a lady called Dr. Ali Walker, who's a, a TED talker and a, um, you know, a, a doctor in human dynamics. Now, all that sounds all great, doesn't it? But all that does is it gets people leaning in. Now, when Anthony Minicello talks about food, you see the way that he healed himself 
through the way he ate, now people sort of lean in. Then you've got to get give them the tools that's going to help them. That's the most important bit. The information's great. We all know that. There's info, we just can Google all that stuff. But then you've got to give people really simple tools that they can add into their lifestyle. I think that's, you know, if I had admitted to one talent I have is, is I just got a way of giving people access to that sort of stuff. You can take this stuff home. You're doing it anyway. You're breathing anyway, right? Mm-hmm. So just do it a little better every day and that's going to inc- you know, improve the way that you, you, know, you live your life. And most importantly, it's going to improve the, the life of the people that are, that are around you because if you're in a better state, the people around you that you really care and love, um, their, their life would be better as well. I couldn't agree more. And uh, you mentioned before that um, your next book, you, you alluded to your next book. Is, is that something that's, that's on the horizon for you as well to, to follow this up with, with something further? I hope it doesn't take me 12 years to write this. <laughs> All um, good things I'm, take time. <laughs> well, well, read the book before you say that, Sarah. <laughs> um, um, no, I, I have started my next book. Probably I feel confident enough now that with some of the amazing feedback that I've got and obviously the book's doing, I don't know how it's doing so well, but it, it is. Um is I feel a little bit more confident with that process. And, yeah, so I am writing another book, and it's it's in the same realm, but more probably around what we just discussed there before, about people understanding themselves better. What are the, I'm really into giving people stuff that they can use um, on a daily basis. And I don't, like with the book, I don't want people to use everything. I just want them to take the things that resonate with them most. So, yeah, I'm having, a, having another go at it, Dean, and, and probably at, a touch deeper this time. I'll give you a little bit of feedback. I've started reading the book. I'm not, a, I'm not the best reader, but um, I have started reading the book. And I don't know if this is a good or a bad thing, but I hear your voice when I read. It's like I'm listening to an audio book. Uh, and it's, it's got me hooked. I'm only like 40 pages in, but it's already got me hooked. So um, that's just a little bit of personal feedback. I'm enjoying it so far. Oh, mate, you know what you've just done to me there. There was a few people that might have been interested then they've gone and it's like hearing his voice. <laughs> oh, I've heard that enough. No, mate, that's a real honour hearing you say that. And yeah, actually, I've got to do an audio book. But my problem, Sarah, is probably a little bit like yours. Is that is reading it would be the would be the issue. People would be going, "God, is this guy literal?" <laughs> Oh, we're chatting with assistant coach and best-selling author and part of the ABC NRL commentary team, Matthew Elliott. Matt, it's been such a treat for us to speak with you and talk about your book. Something that we do love to do with our guests is run a little segment called Tip On. It's basically 60 seconds of rapid-fire questions. Are you down to play? Uh I'm ready. Yes! You know a sportsman when you talk to one. They're always ready for the challenge. All right, the clock is on. What have you been reading, watching, or listening to lately? I've been watching a show called Kiss the Kiss the Dirt, a Netflix show. It's unreal. Who was your most annoying teammate? Oh my goodness, that's the hardest question ever. <laughs> Mark Coyne. Who is your sporting hero? Uh, Jeff Thompson. What would be your wrestler entrance song? My wrestler entrance song. Mm-hmm. Oh, is it <laughs> Surrender? What was your favourite movie as a kid? 
Oh, not as a kid, but my favourite movie by far of all time is Up. I know it's a kid's oh, movie. Oh, my but God, I love, I love that. Do you have a hidden talent? <laughs> uh, not that I can um, share on air. <laughs> no, Ted, no, Ted. Would you prefer conditioning or weights? Um, well, I'd, I'd, I'd love to be able to do conditioning because I can't run these days, but, yeah, I'd say conditioning. Conditioning. Oh, my goodness. I'm so intrigued to know what your special talent is. Or is it better I we keep it off air? Well, no, no. What I'll say is this. Is D- Dean would kind of know it. Luke Lewis, who we work with, has this, but he's not as quite as subtle with, as, as it. But he can make um, odours appear in, in small spaces <laughs> and blame other people. <laughs> I'm reading perfectly between we've the lines. <laughs> yeah, well, we've all got that eight-year-old running around inside us, right? A hundred percent. me up. Love it. I'm going to make the admission. <laughs> you just walk out of the lift and the door's closed behind oh you. Oh, my God. What a punish. <laughs> You're that guy. I'm that guy. You're that guy. <laughs> well, Maddie, it's it's been great having you on the show. It's always a laugh chatting with you. And uh, the book's going well so far. I anticipate it's going to continue to do so. Uh, good luck with it and good luck with your next book as well. Thanks, guys. Hey, can I just also give you, you know, a compliment? I, I, you know, was involved very early on with the show and it, well, got interviewed on it very early on. I just what you guys are doing and the access that you're providing to certain parts of the community. I just think it's unreal. So I love it. Thanks, Matty. Appreciate Thank it, Thank you. Mate. That's really nice. Appreciate that. That was Matthew Elliott, author of The Change Room. Play the game of your life. You can pick up a copy of his book online or in store. You can ask that. Your chance to ask what it's really like to be an elite athlete on Can You Be More Pacific? And we are back with another question this week for You Can Ask That. And as we know, there's been a lot of controversy or a lot of chat happening around the NRL, but Ben from Port Moresby has sent through a question asking, what are our thoughts on the Manly Pride jumper situation? So for listeners, if you're unaware of what the scenario is, the the Manly Seagulls have um, decided in Women on League Ground to have a jersey that is rugby league is for everyone or it's it's an all-inclusive jersey. So women alongside um, the LGBTQI community, um, also um, any other marginalised groups, disability groups, anyone that's a minority, they wanted to sort of show that rugby league is for everyone. Um, So they've put rainbow colours through where there'd normally be white stripes on their jersey. And um, that was a decision made by the club, um, people within the club, to, to have that represent their, their jersey for women in league round. Um, and unfortunately, it hasn't gone down the way they thought it would um, with a number of players, based on their own beliefs, um, not wanting to wear the jersey. Uh, and as a result, they've uh, they've decided to stand down, which uh, their coaches accepted. Um, the club's accepted that they do not wish to play this week um, due to those beliefs. Um, so it's created quite a bit of buzz. And obviously, uh, the NRL through uh, their hierarchy, had some some thoughts on this as well. And um, we heard from Peter Volandis earlier in the week, um, and this is what he had to say on the matter. Look, I respect the players' choice. You know, they've got religious and cultural differences, um, and that's the beauty about Australia. We all have those freedoms. But let me say this, though, that one thing I take pride in with rugby league is we treat everyone the same. 
we're all human beings, Does, doesn't matter what your colour is, doesn't matter what your sexual orientation is, doesn't matter what your race is, we're all equal and we'll never ever take a backward step in having our sport inclusive but at the same time we will not disrespect those players' um, freedoms and they've got those freedoms and if they don't want to wish to play I respect that but they are well aware of our policy of inclusion and we take pride in it, you know, that we are inclusive. Yeah, he said it there clearly. Yeah, he did. Inclusivity is, is one of the main pillars of the, the NRL exactly. and, it, and it's, they haven't hidden away from that for a number of years and, and, I'm, and I'm proud that, that the game is that way. It is for everyone and they say that sports are a great leveller. When you go onto the sporting field or into the sporting arena, everyone's... It's, it's, it's a great equaliser. It's a great equaliser, right? And, um, you know, I think anyone that plays any sport can really be proud of the fact that that is the case and, and rugby league certainly is that way as well. So I... I, I Kind of like a lot of what Peter said resonates with me in terms of, um, you know, the acceptance and the inclusivity that does exist within our game or within rugby league, um, and, and that goes both ways. So accepting people of all sexual preference, of all race, of all colour, whatever, but also respecting the beliefs of the players at the same time, and 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 what they, you know, wish to do is is, is their um, their choice. Yeah, well said, and I think. On that, and the club has openly admitted as well that they didn't consult the players as well as they should have. And as a result of that, it was a late, I guess, surprise for the players. And as a result of that, they're like, oh, no, like we don't actually want to wear this jersey. And for reasons by them are completely valid. And I think that's an important part of this conversation is while, you know, much of it is why don't these players want to wear this jersey? It's also being able to respect the fact that they don't want to wear these jerseys for reasons to them that are that are super reasonable and super valid. So it's crazy that like... This has all come about in such a weird way. And, and, you know, people have such varying opinions of it. But as long as respect is still there at the end of the day, inclusivity is, is, continues. That is the most important part of this conversation. But it's really hard because I feel like it does divide. It does divide fans. It does divide the community as to what, okay, what do these seven players believe in? I personally think that regardless of this decision, and I hope, I wish it turned out a little bit better, as I, I feel for these players because I'm like, oh, now they're just painted, painted as bad men. And they're not, they just have varying beliefs. And I think that they can coexist in an environment like this and still show their support, um, which isn't just exclusive to the jumper that they wear. Yeah. And the divisive um, thing you mentioned as well, that has been the case. Like it has, the argument's very split, like particularly in social media and and generally with people talking about it. And um, the club felt like they needed to address it. So Des Hasler actually... um, addressed it in a media conference on uh, Tuesday and uh, he had some thoughts around about the way the club worked through it. He apologised, uh, in fact, uh, to the communities that were targeted by the, the, I guess, the gesture of including rainbow colours on the on the jersey in the first place and um, basically saying that the intention was to, to show um, unity and, and inclusiveness and bring everyone in and, and say that the game was for everyone. But um, he apologised because he felt like it, it did the opposite. It, yeah. it, it really took away from that. Uh, and it also uh, impacted the players within his team, which obviously he cares a lot about those players. So he was worried about their welfare in amongst that as well, um, while respecting their beliefs. Um, he was quite passionate about about his support for, for inclusion and about you know um, what the jersey was, was there to represent. So he felt... I thought there was a lot of sincerity in, in the way that he spoke about, um, you know, not wanting to, to bring a negative on something that, he, that that could have been positive and felt like the, the club dropped the ball in terms of how they communicated that internally and how it's played out um, now this week. We can only 
learn from these things and, and honestly deliver rounds like this that have lots of meaning and mean so much, particularly to minority communities, in a way that is meaningful and respectful and everyone can enjoy it for what it is. Yeah. This is probably a conversation that it's, it's not made for like one for, for one small like segment for, for no, us. No, absolutely like, it's not. Like it's, such a, it's part of a big conversation. A, a big conversation. And, and actually Ian Roberts, who, who I, I know quite well, um, who played for Manly, is so far – like in, in to my knowledge, the only um, openly gay rugby league player at the professional level in the last mm. thirty years. Um, you know, he, he obviously had some thoughts, and he was involved in the process leading up to um, this this round with the club. Not that it was his responsibility at all to communicate that to the playing group or whatever, um, but he made a point of well, at least there's a conversation starting now. If we're at a point where you know this is still an issue and 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 there isn't solidarity and everyone's together and, and, and that respect is broad. He said, at least as a conversation that started, yes, it's, it started with some venom and it's a bit negative and divisive and whatnot, but he, he kind of seen the positive in that, that, that there is conversation about it, um, which I think is, is, is a thought that you can have. Is that like, that's perspective. Yeah. It's, it's perspective from him. Um, and, and no doubt like this is challenging for him as well, because he's, he's such a strong advocate for, um, you know, for LGBTQI communities and particularly in sport. I've worked with him on issues like this before when we've delivered to playing groups. And um, yeah, I, I just wanted to make point of that, like that, that, that his perspective is like conversations are good um, as long as we get to a point where everyone is on the same page. Well said. On that note, if you ever want to ask us a question, please feel free to reach out to us on Instagram. My handle is at Sarah and you can find Dean at Dean Hallitow. Can you be more Pacific? With Sarah and Dean on ABC Radio Australia. Oh, my God. Woo! You're with Sarah and Dean talking all things sport across the Pacific. Don't go anywhere. We've still got our favourite socials and we tackle the tough headlines in the ruck. Can you be more Pacific? Keeping it social. Keeping it social, going through the social pages, Keep Instagram, it social, say. TikTok, Bebo, um, Bebo, MySpace. My guy, you've been living under a rock. Oh, sorry. <laughs> What's your answer? Upgrade your phone. What's wrong with the Nokia? What's wrong with the Nokia? What's wrong with the Samsung? No, what's wrong with the Motorola? (laughs) The flip phone. Oh, stop it. They're iconic. They've come back. The flip phone razor. They're not back, are they? No, the flip phone is back. There's a flip phone back that's like a tablet and it folds out and it becomes a phone. I think it's Samsung. I don't know if we're going to be talking about all these, but anyway. Yeah. The razor. The razor. (laughs) I wanted the pink one, the hot pink one, but my mom would never give it to me. We've gone off on a tangent. What's your social for the week, Sarah? My social this week comes from Real Talk Media and it is footage of the different ways that athletes wake up for their morning workouts. Oh, wow. What a great day today. Without seeing the footage, it's hard to make out, but basically <laughs> you can hear the, the alarm clock and she, this girl within the video shows the different types of people. Like there are people that are super enthusiastic. There's the up and go, the person that just rolls out of bed, puts their socks on, goes. There's the snoozer. There's the person who wakes up late and calls their coach and says like, hey, like I, I'll be there like just about two minutes late, but I'm on my way. And I'm like, that resonates. Cause you know what? I am all of those athletes. Are you all of them? I'm all of them. Most times I'm, I'm like a snooze like not a snooze, 
turn off and I'm like, oh, I'll just sleep for five more minutes. Next minute, 20 minutes are gone. <laughs> and I'm getting so a banana you, on the way out of the you house. you turn it off completely. You don't hit snooze. Yeah, I don't really hit snooze. That's dangerous. It is. But you know what? I, I trust this B-O-D-Y <laughs> to do its thing. Just to go bang them up, get up and go. Yeah, see, it was very funny because it's, uh, it resonates. It rings true for my life. Yeah, I like, I like that one. I'll probably be the up and go. Like, you're the up oh, and go? I've got to go. Gotta Are go. you like the person that's like, if you're leaving at 7.30 out of the bed at 7.20, put your shoes on and oh, get out? No, no, I think I give myself time. I've got everything laid out, ready to go. Like, I do that yeah, I'm like night, that but... too, ish. Heavy on the ish. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, up and, uh, I don't know. Snooze. Okay, I'll go snoozer. I'll take snoozer. I'll change. I'll snoozer. Yeah, snoozer. Snoozer. Okay, How are the snoozer? Yep. All right. What about you? What did you find? Well, I've gone back to the uh, yeah, the controversial match of the round, the West Tigers versus the Cowboys. It's actually James Tamo's 300th, 300th match, I should say. And um, well done to James. It's a huge achievement uh, and pretty um, good that he could do it against one of his old clubs that he won a premiership at in the Cowboys. Post-match, um, he was treated to a hucker from a number of the players from each team, which I thought was pretty cool. Uh, Peter Hicku from the Cowboys led the hucker. who's front and centre. So really nice moment for James. <laughs> Really nice there from, from the players. I also should mention uh, Nathan Kalis, who runs the blue shirt for the Tigers, who was a Kiwi's great. Like, I got to play with Nathan, legend of the game. He was uh, he joined in as well. So congratulations, James. Hopefully some more success for the Tigers upcoming. Not sure what he's doing next year, if he's still playing, but um, we'll see. We'll see. Um, he's a great fella. So that was my social for this week. Good work, Hollis. In the run. Tackling the tough headlines in sport. On Can You Be More Pacific? In the rack this week, continuing on with NRL and the bit of movement happening there, let's talk about Felice Kalfusi, who's put his hand up to play for Tonga at World Cup later this year. Yeah, this is um, sort of carrying on the trend of what we've seen throughout Origin with Brian To'o pledging his allegiance to uh, Samoa. And uh, Felice has decided that he wants to play for Tonga in the World Cup, which is awesome. Like To, to be able to have such talented players in the NRL um, pledging, pledging their... Um, like allegiance or, or wanting to play for their the country of heritage, I think is is a great thing. Um, some of the like sort of headlines coming out of this, oh, he's snubbed Australia, which I, like I don't think is fair. I think he's you know like he's obviously proud of of his heritage and, and um, wanting to represent that. It just strengthens the international game, which I think is so important. It's so important to have competition coming from Pacific nations, which we know are on the rise in terms of um, the number of players that are represented in the game and um, what they're providing for the game in terms of talent and um, and the entertainment value. I think this is just a, a positive thing, and can't wait to see Tonga take on like some of the the powerhouses in the international rugby league uh, scene. Yeah, I really can't wait. And as you said, it's going to strengthen the competition and that's what you want at World Cup is you want competitive teams across every pool and players like himself putting his hand up to play for his heritage um, is quite promising. And I, I actually reckon there's going to be more players that choose to do that over the coming months. So he's not the first and he certainly won't be the last. Actually, there's another one that springs to mind. Uh, Dominic Young from the Newcastle Knights. He's English, but he's got Jamaican heritage. Yeah, right. He wants to play for Jamaica. 
And England's, a, again, a tier one nation. So um, he, he wants to go help. And I think his brother's um, a chance of being picked for Jamaica as well. So he wants to go play with him. And um, I think that's pretty cool. And he's had a fantastic season, Dominic. Yeah, he's, right. He's injured at the moment, but he'll be back on the field, I think, before all that um, happens. And anyway, I just want to give that one a shout out because I, 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 I love that there's players wanting to play for, for these nations that are emerging, which is I cool. love it. We love to hear it. We love to see it. Now, your brother, Kevy. Kevin, my little bro, as I call him from oh, my playing days. He does days. call you big bro. <laughs> he sent him back to the UK. Yes, I kicked him back to the UK. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, as you know, he returned back to the Sydney Roosters this year after they uh, offered him a one-year contract, but he's just signed a contract to head back to the UK, but this time he'll be kidding up with Huddersfield. So super exciting for him to head back to the Super League. He was, dare I say, quite outstanding over his three seasons there and he's really looking forward to taking back my sister-in-law Lily and his baby girl Maya um, and continuing their life there for the next two years. So a bit sad for us to kind of bid him farewell again, but we're just spending as much time together as a family and um, yeah, hopefully I can go over now that COVID allows us to travel to see him and that was a big component of his decision was can I still see my family because that's what drove them back home in the first place because they weren't able to see us for two years. So yes, God willing, COVID willing, we'll be able to visit him again, but he's really excited to um, finish on a strong note here in Australia and then head over and continue his career in the Super League. Well, I look forward to seeing him hopefully win another premiership over there. And oh, he's such a match, show off. I'm so off it. And... Him and his three rings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like... And I got a medal that broke by the time I got to the bloody change room. <laughs> Good luck, Kevin. <laughs> Good luck, Kevin. Now, we mentioned World Cup before and uh, ahead of the Women's World Cup uh, at the end of the year, the PNG Orchids have added Elsie Albert and Therese Aton into their um, extended squad, which is great news. Elsie had a, a like a wow of a season. season. She would have been so close to the player of the of the um, competition at the end of that. Um, but, yeah, she was unreal. And Therese Aton, who got to play for Parramatta in the NRLW, who got that nasty head knock during the year that was um, – She had the pretty, golf ball. Yeah, the golf ball. Yeah. Um, obviously, both very experienced players and um, – it's, it just strengthens the, the PNG side. So I look forward to seeing them represent. Yes, congratulations to both of those ladies. Reese Walsh, what's been happening with our guy? Reese uh, has signed with the Brisbane Broncos for next season, but he's still at the Warriors. And Chanel harris has actually sort of taken the, the number one jersey off him. Um, Stacey Jones, uh, the interim coach over there, he's decided to change things up a bit. We know that Reese has got plenty of talent. He's sought after, like he was so sought after for a signature. Um, and, and he's heading back to Brisbane. He only played 15 minutes last week off the bench. Now the Storm have sort of put in a request with the Warriors to do a mid-season deal where they buy him, you know, to complete the season. And uh, similar to what Tavita Pangai Jr. did with the Panthers last year. And um, yeah, the the Warriors have said no. <laughs> they want to keep him on the bench. I, I I don't know. Like I guess it's it's up to the Warriors if they want to keep the play. They want to keep the play. He's contracted to them, so fair play. Um, the Storm are desperate because they've lost Brian Pappenhausen. But then keep him on the bench and only give him 15 minutes? That might change. Like, it changes week to week. Like What would be most telling is if they play him this week. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess we'll wait and see. Like, he's a talented, talented guy, no doubt. Um, but... I guess they're looking for, for different things at the moment in the mm. way of the style they're playing. Chanel Chanel's a great player as well, um, and he's he may be defensively a little bit a little bit more solid, so that might be the, the reason why he's ahead of him. Um, anyway, we'll wait and see. I don't think um, the Storm are going to get that man. They might go for another man, but we'll, we'll wait and see how they go. Now, Kevin Proctor, um, former Kiwi international oh. and former captain of the Titans, no longer with the Titans because they released him during the week due to a 
a post that he put on his own social media, um, vaping. Now I'm not condemning him for vaping. It's a, it's a pretty minor thing for him to, to want to do that in his own time, but he did it, um, and put it on social media. It was in the, the toilets of the stadium he was at while his team was playing, uh, Western Sydney stadium, I think it was. And yeah, you can't, you also can't do it inside the stadium. So like, yeah, just a really, I don't know, juvenile thing to do. Um, I don't know. Like there might be other things going on with him. He just might be, um, a little bit over it. I think this is just really, really stupid. He's such a veteran of the game, such an experienced, such a respected player to see his contract being terminated for the rest of this season for one, illegally vaping in the stadium, but then two, having the height to record it and then put it on his social media is just like, I just hump. Yeah. That's all like, I just hump. It's like he had his hand in the cookie jar and yelled out, my hand's in the cookie jar. Like he dobbed himself in. Very juvenile. And I, I'm sure he's deeply regretful. Like, was it worth it? Yeah, I don't know. Well, I will say he's released. The club has put a statement out that they- re- It's a really basic re- statement. They've released him. So a release doesn't necessarily mean that they've terminated his contract, which if you get terminated, you don't get paid. A release is different. I'm not too sure of what the arrangement would be. Um, but regardless, yeah, what a, what a weird way to end your time with a club yeah. that you were captain of. Rough days for him. Rough days. Rugby, the game they play in heaven. The All Blacks have had a pretty tough series against oh, – I shouldn't say like it's oh, – it is disappointing for the All Blacks, but well done to Ireland because they were great in this series. But there was a bit of pressure sort of piled on the coaching staff for the All Blacks. Yes, last week we spoke about Ian Foster potentially getting the boot, but what actually happened throughout the past week is Ian Foster has kept his job and forwards coach John Plumtree and attacking coach Brad Moore were cut from their roles, which was honestly something that I did not see coming at all. It's weird because I feel like often when these things happen, you know, we see it constantly throughout both of the codes that we are so involved in is that it's always the head coach under pressure, not the assistant coaches. So I wonder what conversations were happening internally for that to happen where Ian keeps his job and the other two get their flick. But a really cool injection into the All Blacks is Jason Ryan, who is the Flying Fijians and Crusaders forwards coach. We know that the Crusaders in particular are such a formidable side within the Super Rugby Pacific competition. So no doubt his experience will put um, the team in good stead and they will look to turn that result around. We've got rugby championships coming up and that'll be a really important tournament for the All Blacks to rewrite the narrative of how their season ended. Yeah. Or not necessarily their season, but their test series ended with Ireland. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty good pickup, Jason, right? <laughs> They're just... Uh taking him away from the fly Fijians, which sucks for Fiji because, as you said, he's been with the Crusaders for a number of, number of years now and we know the, the success that they've had in the Super Rugby competition. But, um, yeah, interesting one. The, the assistant coaches get the bullet and uh, he gets brought in. Um, and, yeah, Ian Foster survives. And from all reports, he's a, good, he's a pretty good coach. Yes. So um, sometimes you think they just make change for change's sake when things don't go well. But I guess we'll see what, what they come up with in future games. ABC Radio Australia, your home of Sarah and Dean. That's all we have time for. So if you miss the show or you just want to listen to The Magic again, it'll be replayed on Friday, 2pm PEG time. Or you can find all of our episodes on the Radio Australia website or wherever you listen to your podcast. And if you want more sport, you can check out That Pacific Sports Show on Wednesday night or catch up on ABC Australia iView. Let's all look here. Mother. Can you be more Pacific? An ABC sport production for ABC Radio Australia. This program has been funded by the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade.